This is a work of fiction. Any and all conversations and references to people, places, events, and corporations are products of the author's imagination and have been entirely fabricated. Please do not rely on this work for factual accuracy, as it cannot be trusted. Previously on... Heidelberg, the every prisoner. Heidelberg is a theater prisoner. It's a drama for the OW camp. Heidelberg. Felix's group Zerita Hayworth men came back to get revenge. You may remember the violence in our agenda on transatlantic accents. Like Milo was kidnapped. Bitch led Herman to sing of a secret love in Spanish. Then the men returned. It was Hamburger's turn to show them what he's made of. He shot them dead while Ilsa crumbed. Hey, Heidelberg. Our Max und Grandma Heidelberg found a plan with Joanna Heidelberg. They're on track in Heidelberg. House is back in Heidelberg. 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 Chapter 8 Martinez. Much of today's investigative report will be told standardly, audio recordings combined with the narration of my grandmother's diligent notes. However, today we are fortunate, because throughout today's episode, we're going to get a little help from three men who were actually there. Three men who have been silent about what happened at Heidelberg's 1944 Performance Day. Three men who are ready to tell their story. Johan, Baron, Moritz, uh, thank you for speaking with me today. Please don't use our names. Oh, apologies. I, I was told those weren't your real names, though. Oh, great. Yeah, now we're really fucked. Way to go, Dominic. Sir Ludwig, that is my real name. Now we actually are, like, fucked. Please don't say my name. Please don't say my name. Please. Gary. No! No! Come on! I'm sorry. Gary. It's, it's a habit. No, I said it again. Fuck. It's a habit. Ludwig. It's Ludwig. No, no shut up. Gentlemen, please. I I'm sorry. Uh, we'll edit this out. In the meantime. So, person one, can you elaborate a little bit on how you ended up at Camp Heidelberg that day? Well, me and person two had won the raffle. Truthfully, I was not even aware that I was entering a raffle. Just a ballot that came around a month before that said, Are you interested in the theater? Uh, does ein bear shit in ein woods? And so am I. Anyway, zwei weeks later, a letter comes in the mail saying we're invited to go see the SS show. I was like, what? Let's go. And, and you didn't have any reservations about journeying to the prisoner of war camp to see the show? Nine, really. And apparently, neither did the hundreds of others. Everything felt very much like normal theater. Until we got there, of course. And what exactly was abnormal? Well, for starters, when we got there, they asked for donations. They told us that two men, 
A Reich officer and a lead actor in the play had mortally wounded two nights prior. There had been an explosion. Men, can you tell me why you kept quiet all these years? Why now? It's been scary, Elma. Nobody believes us, and for so long, we thought people were watching. People that want this to be in secret. But now, I'm literally a hundred years old. Dominic and Gary are like around the same too. Jesus fucking Christ, Shulza! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dominic, I'm sorry. It's just, I said it again, but it's just, it's time people knew the truth. Also, don't say my real age because I'm very embarrassed about that. You're only like 97. No, so fuck you, shut up! You know, for years, I've been telling you guys to not take no for an answer. To keep pushing. Even when the practices go through the night and morning, you push through it. Yeah, she's right, yeah. And now, this deal that the hospital wants me to sign. For I can, quote, check on your play practices. I can watch, but I cannot direct. I cannot perform due to the, quote, Stress on my mental states that it would cause. The harm I might cause myself and those around me. What is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's me being ein hypocrite. It's me taking no for ein answer. It's them directing me, not the other way around. So, all of this is to say, gentlemen, I'm not leaving. <gasps> What? No way. I'M NOT FUCKING LEAVING! Oh, yeah! The show goes on! I am the director of this production. I am the Nazi Moses. Now that my brother has passed on and rebequeathed the road to me. And they're going to need the whole fucking Wehrmacht to pull me out of this place. I love you, Oberstoffenfjörn. And I love you too. Come, 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 come. Oberstoffenfjörn, Oberstoffenfjörn. Yo, time. I'm Oberstoffenfjörn. I'm here to say, I am the director and I'm here to stay. My teeth are white. I got shoes on my feet. And I choose Herman to pick up the beat. Go, go, go. Go, go, oh, 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 Come on, people. Faster now. You know the rules that pick up the beat. I, Herman. Where the hell is Herman? He's been indisposed since the shootout, Klaus. Since he, uh, sang a love song in Spanish. Well, that is no excuse. We need a prisoner to fetch him. No, please, Milo! No, please. Yes, Oberstebenführer? Fetch Herman. Bring him to me. He has Volvaltingsführer work to do. Oberstebenführer, I'm not sure I'm the best one to go. Milo, just go! My lord, do you want me to have a conniption again? Yeah, just go, Milo. Hey, kill Milo. Yeah, kill Milo. Kill Milo. Kill Milo. Kill Milo. No, no, kill stop, Milo. stop, bad. Stop, stop. We need him. We need Milo. And you know why we need him? Because, gentlemen, we have a show to put on. 
in Zwei freaking days! Let's go! My grandmother watches from the side of the Heidelberg Auditorium stage. His prisoner Milo Menken nods and slowly makes his way to the door. Shortly after he leaves, she follows and records off the side of Corporal Hamburger's office. Who is it? Corporal Hamburgers, it's Milo. Oberstubenführer wants you to come to the auditorium. He just called your name and pick up the beat, and he was pretty peeved when you did not pick up said beat. Go away, Milo. Corporal Hamburgers, he was very adamant. I said go away! All right, then. But before I do, I just want to say danke for saving me the other night, for getting me back from the Rita Hayworth Club. You could have just let me die, but you saved me, and I appreciate that. It's just, if I had known, if I had known your feelings, both generally and towards me, there's no way I would have done the thing Listen that... here, Menken. This changes nothing between us. Herman, I... <clears throat> Do not call me Herman. I am Corporal Hamburgers, the Rolschungfuhrer of this camp. Yes, I let you live because it was for the good of the camp. I would have happily let you die otherwise. Do you got that? You should fear me. I'm sorry, Corporal Hamburgers. I do fear you. You are the bull. Now, wait, Corporal, what are you doing? And suddenly, my grandmother is flung back to the ground, recording equipment falling from her hand. She turns around. The explosion has not come from inside Corporal Hamburger's office building. Help! Help! I'm fucking lit! Like in a bad way! I'm fire flames! Still in a bad way! Help! Both the finance ministry building and finance minister are on fire, with the latter running for his life. My grandmother steps aside as Corporal Hamburgers kicks open his door, fire extinguisher in hand, and sprays the minister down. Carter squirms on the ground. Uncle Sam, who else was in there? Uh, Officer Fredericks was in there helping with Newport Beach filings. Fredericks? No! My grandmother whips around to find the entirety of the Heidelberg Auditorium now emptied, watching the flames. Officer Schultze wipes his eyes, holds his breath, and runs into the burning building. Schultze, no! Seconds later, he emerges with Officer Fredericks, carrying his limp body like a bride's. He lays him on the ground. Fredericks, please! Oh my god, no! Who will I have here? Who will I do gags this? Who? As Officer Schultze weeps over Officer Fredericks' body, my grandmother can't help but notice a few other pairs of eyes locking. Prisoner Milo Menken on administrative assistant Ilsa von Hammerstein. Prisoner Maximilian Epstein on Sergeant Joanna Marmalades. All seem moved. Please come back! Come back! <laughs> Fredericks! Oh my god, Fredericks! I'm so happy! <laughs> 
Somebody turned down the thermostat. Yeesh. <laughs> he still got it. Oh my god, he still got it. Yes. You can't teach that timing. You can't teach that timing. All moved, but Oberstirbing Fuhrer Klaus Schnoodle Noodle, it seems. In fact, his eyes remain on the scorched building, now entirely engulfed in flames. His eyes glow red with the fire. No, Father, it was just an electrical fire. No, nobody hurt. It was an oopsie, whatever. Um, well, I'm um, not sure why the fire department felt it was necessary to notify you. I guess, like, bitches be snitches, hmm? Hey, hey, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez, Levies, take a joke, okay? I'm sorry. Oh, you're escorting him. Oh, my... He... The Fuhrer wants to speak with me ein on ein? My lord. Okay, well, um, I look forward to you both coming then. We will have an entrance song prepared. Well, we will have one prepared anyway, so danke. Bye, Vaza. Bye. Um, yeah, bye. Uh, it's all under control. <sighs> that goddamn Rita Havers Club! The Oberstubenfuhrer hangs up the phone and looks frantically at the others in his office. This, my grandmother thinks, is the stress the Heidelberg doctors warned of. They sent us a note. We found it on top of the rubble this morning. Okay, yeah, let's see. You burned us as we struck a deal, and your building goes up in ein glow. Now that the time for talking is over, we look forward to seeing the show. Fucking hell. All right, all right. Let's just take ten seconds and acknowledge the facts that it rhymed. Yeah, we did the same thing last time. I don't think ten was enough, though. Fifteen would be better. Okay, let's do fifteen then. Ready? Go, man, that was cool, huh? I like that it always sounds like a limerick. Right? Like, but still sort of intense. That could be a cool business model for them, honestly. Time! All right, so what do we do? Was anyone actually, like, significantly hurt? Yes, Urban Sturmenfuhrer. It looks like Officer Fredericks will make a full recovery, but Minister Carter Newporter, he may not make it. Uncle Sam? Yes, Klaus, Minister Newport. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was close. I thought it might have been someone else in there, but thank God. Um, Let's see. Uh, Thank you, Rita Havers Coalition. Um, How much do we owe you for this favor? (laughs) (laughs) Hey! Enough of this! Our Reich official is on his deathbed right now. You all need to show some respect. Jeez. Relax, mademoiselle. It's Carter Newport, okay? Uncle Sam? I know who he is. I am the one that spends the most time around him in this dump. The dump that, mind you, he single-handedly kept afloat with his financial ventures while we diddled about with our showbiz. Hey, mademoiselle, that is enough. (sighs) Sometimes... I don't know how much longer I can take it in this motherfucker. 
Mein Führer, what's up, Herr Kraut? Anyway, we'll need to get Miss Marmalade to deal with the Rita Havers Club. This is a huge day for us, Herman. The show is tomorrow. So, I need my big Vulvaltingsführer today. I know, Oberstabundführer. It's just... I'm not sure if you've heard... This is not about you, Herman! I'm sorry! I'm proud! Honestly, I've always thought you care way too much about this shit to not be repressing something. But this is about much more than you. So, you... <laughs> you don't care? I could not give less of ein fuck, Herman! My lord! And that is not me saying that in like a fake jokey haha way, like, oh, I'm being mean, but I accept you sort of thing. I genuinely do not care, as I am on to me. Now... We have an hour before the run-throughs to prep for my meeting with Safira. You can punish whoever you want after the show, but until then, Hitler is coming. Herman! Himmler is coming. <gasps> I need you. Oh, my God. Roger, Obensturbenfuhrer, I am here for you. My grandmother watches the corporal and Obersturbenfuhrer leave. He grabs his stuffed snake and takes him to the stage area. But she does not follow. Instead, she skips over to the Heidelberg Infirmary, where a clown woman pays visit to a dying frapro. <coughs> Who goes there? Dad, is that you? It's me, Gato. Daddy, I'm sorry. I'll come home. I'll work in American banking. Daddy, yeah, I'll still be a beach bum and hound for pussy. But it burns, Daddy! It burns! Stop calling me Daddy! Carter, I just wanted to say that I am sorry. You're a good man, you really are. And I know that everyone else really hates you, but... Uh, I'm not sure they really hate me. Uh, they do, Carter. Yeah, but like, you know, oh! He's such an asshole, but super funny, and we love him type of way. Uh, no, no. Uh, really just the asshole part, but not me. I do not hate you, Carter, or at least not all the time. You can be smart sometimes. Damn. Thanks, bitch. Your love actually makes this burn feel well exactly how it is since I got it, which is excruciating. <coughs> but I'm not smart. I should have went home, mademoiselle. When my dad sent his boys here, I should have just went back with them to the States. I'm such a fucking moron. No, Carter. You are not a moron. I've needed you. Even today, there is so much logistical work to do. The merchandise needs selling, there's seating to arrange, plus the goddamn financial records are but to a crisp, and you're all building. Oh, and what would I tell you to help, mademoiselle? I don't know shit. Besides, I made copies of all those records and sent them over to Oberstermanfeer's office as a safety precaution for exactly this type of thing? Yeah! After that's exactly what I would like to hear. Is that true? Yeah, it's fucking true. Fucking idiot, Carter. 
Oh, and for what? For merchandising, you should allocate specific times for when items should be bought so that you can prep inventory for those times and incentivize people to buy during purchase periods. God, I really fucking worthless. Fuck. No, counter, please. This is all excellent. I'm, I just need to go and get the pen. What? To gouge my eyes out? Or compare it to my little ass fucking dick? God, I'm just... Just tell me I'm a fucking idiot! Damn! Fine! You're a fucking idiot! Son! Carter, this is bizarre. But you seem like you're on a roll here. <clears throat> Lenny Riefenstahl is coming soon with her film crew. How do you think I can account for them in the most efficient way possible? Well, if you really want to take advice from a fool... Wristbands. Wristbands? Give every newbie a wristband when they walk in. The wristband allows people to buy shit at the pop-up shops. Plus, you account for security. Double plus, they get to wear it for a few days after the show to show everyone they were at the fucking thing. Alright. Well, I may need something else in case people just decide to take their wristbands off. But it's a start. Thank you, Carter. No, I, no, I don't think you get it. Summer of 39, Judy Garland, I wore that thing for three fucking weeks. They won't take them off, mademoiselle. Trust me. If I could leave you with any last words, it's this. People love a good wristband. I swear to God, if you fucking say bitch. Bitch. Now, person three, you were actually part of Lenny Riefenstahl's crew. Is that right? It is, Elmer. I was a grip and an assistant gaffer. So I got there like a day before. Can you tell us what this scene was like on that musical's eve? Tense? Anxious? Ball me, Elmer. Your boy was hot. It must have been like, I don't know, a hundred plus degrees that day. Even hotter for Sabinis. Right. Like I bought one to support the cause, but it seemed like a bad move in August. I liked mine. The energy of the show, though, uh, were people excited? Uh, it was a little heated. It's just Lenny Riefenstahl's role, to, to my knowledge, was just to film the production so it could be distributed for sale. Nothing more. But when you get an artiste like her in the room, an ego really, and combines that with, well, what I had heard about Klaus Schnoodle Noodle, well, well, heads are going to butt. Okay, cut, cut, Milo. Jesus Christ, something has happened to you. It's... Let's try and get it back. We have ein day for the show. Okay, let's maybe tighten it up. And for that last note, that's super important that it is a little bit higher, okay? Labor is free. Oh, I'm not sure, darling. I think it sounds stronger with a forceful labor is free. You're the pharaoh. You should be demanding. 
Okay, um, <laughs> Miss Riefenstahl, I appreciate your input, but it's mine show, and I think it vibes better a little bit for this character if the labor is free. <laughs> right. But I'm Lenny Riefenstahl, and the pharaoh should not flutter. Labor is free. It's not fluttering. Labor is free. Labor is free. Labor is free. Labor is free. Is free. Is free. Slave labor from the Hebrews, we all can agree. Labor is free. They're lazy, we all can agree. We agree. get what you pay for, but labor is free. Holy hell, these beanies make it hot out here. Okay, cut, cut. Oh, cut. Everybody take a five. Yes, cut, darlings. Everyone five. I say that. Damn it. Herman, fan. I need my fan. As the vervolting sphere runs over to his commandant, a water spritzer and bamboo fan in hand, my grandmother finds her way over to prisoner Maximilian Epstein, who stands off the side of the stage and awaits his next scene. She signals to security chief Joanna Marmalade as she does. The three speak discreetly. This goddamn Riefenstahl woman is going to kill me. She's more of a diva than Klaus. I mean, look at that. My grandmother turns around to find Mrs. Riefenstahl sitting about 10 feet from the Obersturbenfuhrer. As he is fanned down by Corporal Hamburgers, she's surrounded by what looks like five Corporal Hamburgers, fanning her, fluffing her hair, making and pouring her Arnold Palmers. Trying for the will to not beat everybody's ass. Maximilian, please. I spoke with headquarters last night. And? The plan is to drop the bomb at the end of intermission. That will give you and Mrs. Ullingar time to get the hell out of there. I will be using a walkie-talkie to communicate with them. Damn. Walkie-talkies? What is this? The year 3000? Do I get one? No, Maximilian. You're in the play. It cannot go off. What if I just turn mine off? Then what would be the point of having it? Ain't it obvious? For the bits. Okay, everyone, back to Ready Run. Uh, Miss Marmalade, since we won't have the two-way radio, is there a signal or something to indicate when? Yes, the second call by Mademoiselle Ernestine. When she calls for five minutes remaining, by that time you should be out of there. The blast radius will be big enough to wipe this whole camp from history. The three operatives turn back to their respective Ready Ones, but find a prisoner eyeing them down. His face is white and his pharaoh headdress now hangs over his head. So it's true, huh? Miss Marmalade and the two of you? Intermission? Milo, we were going to tell as many people as possible. I'm sure you were. It's... Oh, God. Oh, God, no! No, it's Sam! Obersturbenfuhrer! The prisoner directs his commandant's attention to the camp entrance where three Rita Hayworth men walk on the gravel leading up to the grounds, tap dancing loudly. As they approach the grass, they take off their tap shoes and put them in their hands, tapping them in the same rhythm. Their stare is icy cold. Oh my god. All right, that's it. Play practice is over for the time being. Everybody, um, let's call it. What's going on? Herr Schnoodle Noodle, there is still much to be done. Who are those tap-clapping men? Oh, them? No one. Just like the electrician. Yeah, that one was a truly horrifying look in his eye as the AC guy. So, um, he's going to fix up the Heidelberg Auditorium so we can work in there. But while they work, everyone has to leave the camp. What? 
Okay, it just seems a bit hasty. Sure, 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 sure. Milo, um, can you escort Miss Riefenstahl to her car and take Lux a super long securitas fee? Hmm. Yes, Oberstubbenfuhrer. But I may need an administrative assistant Frau von Hammerstein with me for, um... Sure, sure, whatever. It'll start cover some... Just, uh, make sure you don't talk with the AC guy, hmm? They can be like, you know, drippy and cold. Miss Marmalade! Yes, Obersturbenfuhrer. You deal with these Rita Havers fucks. Strike a deal, give them a few beanies, I don't care. Just make them leave! The de facto security chief affirms and heads toward the camp entrance to meet the militant theatrical terrorists. My grandmother nods towards Maximilian Epstein, who follows shortly behind Miss Marmalade as a measure of protection. With that set, she turns in the direction of prisoner Milo Mencken, Ilse von Hammerstein, and Mrs. Lenny Riefenstahl. Is this really necessary? Going all the way to the woods next to... What does that say? The Heidelberg lost and found? Oh, the mud on my skin pumps! A bang, not a whimper, they said. Mrs. Ravensdahl, please. We've only been walking for five minutes. Open Sturban Fuhrer wanted us to stay out of sight, and this is the long way. Don't worry. Frau von Hammerstein and I know these woods very well. Oh, I bet you do. Okay, okay, stop. Stop this instant. I will not be drawn like a mare's carriage. About ten years behind, my grandmother stops in her tracks. The group she follows stands outside the Heidelberg lost and found shed. Who are these men? Dangerous, I presume? Allied sympathizers? No, they are just AC specialists, like Oberstoppenfuhrer said. Yes, sir. They are. They kidnapped me just last week. It took a shootout on the campgrounds to fend them off. Oh, my Hitler. What have you all done putting me in such peril? This is Riefenstahl, please. Remember what we spoke about a few weeks prior. An escape. Nine. I told you we'll wait after the show. Then I'll see what we can do. Now come on, get me out of here. Nine. Uh, pardonnez-moi? Not good enough, Mrs. Riefenstahl. We need to go. Now. Lead us. Um, Milo, what are you doing? Yes, sweet Milo. Listen to your darling Nazi girl here. Why not? You have your car. Let us just get in the car with you, drop us off by the Rhine, and we'll make our way west. Why not? I'll tell you why not, because everybody will know it was me, Jew boy. This is not you sneaking out in the middle of the night or escaping in the hubbub after the show. It will be me aiding and abetting. Also, Milo... I'm wearing a Nazi uniform, and you are, like, in prisoner clothes. I don't think the optics look super good there. Indeed! God, you're lucky you're charming, boy. Or else I might consider doing something entirely reasonable for your impatience. The infamous director scowls just inches from the prisoner's face. He looks at the administrative assistant and sighs. <sighs> Sorry, Mrs. Riefenstahl. Hmm? The prisoner grabs the director and throws her in the shed, wedging the door closed. 
Hello, what are you doing? We have to, Ilsa. The spies are going to bomb this place right in the middle of the show. I heard it. Hey, get me out of here, you blundering fool. Mrs. Ravenstall, you need to lead us out right now. You are dead, Milo. As a human honesty. I'm a dead man? Obviously, I, I mean just a dead person. Prisoner struggles to keep the door closed. He looks over at his love, who shares his terrified gaze. She walks over to him, pulls out the master key, and locks the shed closed. Meanwhile, prisoner Maximilian Epstein follows closely behind his own love, Sergeant Joanna Marmalade. She meets the Rita Hayworth men at the camp entrance. From Miss Marmalade's wire, our PPR team was able to obtain the conversation. Gentlemen, I'm going to need you to step away from the premises. Step away? <laughs> step away from the pre Did you hear that, boys? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Dane. Such good laughter, hmm, fellas? I thought we might explode. <laughs> okay, 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 that's enough. What do you gentlemen want? Your note said we would see you at the show. Mm, it did indeed. But we didn't say your show. We wouldn't torture our eyes with that boorish crass. We meant our show. <laughs> you like a good fireworks show, don't you, girly? The group looks past the fine mother-loving security chief to a group of punks in a truck-looking thing with tap shoes dangling off the ass, readying to press a TNT lever. I should point out that my notes here are from Maximilian Epstein. My grandmother is back by the lost and found. Uh, continuing on. Apparently, the men look tough, but like bitches, too. Why did this whole swing dance last night while you were basking in our first glow? I hope you like fried mediocrity. Laszlo, pump that, baby. Wait, wait, wait! Laszlo, wait! Okay. God damn it, Laszlo. Wait, good sir. The proposition that was made to your boss last week, it's true. The Fuhrer will be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, why would I listen to you? Laszlo, hit it. No, Laszlo! I'm inherently indecisive. I'll tell you why. Because you are speaking to a member of the British Secret Intelligence Service, and we currently want the same thing. You? <laughs> a member of MI6? And why would I believe that? Hmm. Because I'm wearing a wire that I can show you. How about that? Also, because of my fucking Irish accent, which no one here really seemed to be put off by. But mainly, I offer myself as collateral. If you're double-crossed again, kill me. Well, that's a given. Anyway, even if I were to spin this dreidel, what's the plan, girly? An allied plane will drop a bomb in the crowd at intermission. But my boss is nervous about civilian casualties and potential inaccuracy. If one of your men were to infiltrate and kill the Fuhrer and his circle... I'll organize it so you can take the camp. And we'll take responsibility to prevent any backlash against you. Should I push the lever, sir? Mm, hold on, Laszlo. I'm thinking. Okay. Martinez! Off the truck, a man that Maximilian describes as an obvious baritone with fuck you shoes and loud hands jogs over gun in hand. Yes, sir! I've got a job for you. Come tomorrow, you're going to be the most celebrated Rita Hayworth man in history. 
the most beloved man in half of the world. And you're going to do it by performing. Oh, yippee! Wait, sir, there was no talk of him. No talk of hmm, darling? I'll tell you what, sweet. If this is going to take place, it's going to be in our fashion. With a little panache, a little savoir-faire. Martinez is the best assassin on Earth. But first and foremost, he's a goddamn star. Martinez, front handspring and shoot that soda pop can out of that guard's hand. Okay. Soda pop can? What soda pop can are you talking about? Oh, <gasps> oh what the hell? Someone just shot my soda pop can. Well done, Martinez. Anyway, when the moment strikes, however he does decide, he will kill the Fuhrer and his crony. Or else, you die. That's a deal. Laszlo, you're off the hot seat, bub. Now, tell that other prisoner that's been watching us behind that bush to fuck right off, unless he wants to meet the same fate as your finance minister. He's tipping off the security. Miss Marmalade turns around and looks in the direction of the bush that Maximilian crouches behind. According to the prisoner, though, does a good job of staying out of sight, playing it cool. Oh, yeah, I see him, right there. Not really playing it cool. Yeah, he's been there the whole time. I could literally hear him fuming with anger from over here. They had no idea I was watching them, Maximilian writes. Not one damn clue. But as Miss Marmalade walks directly toward the prisoner and even calls him by name, he cannot help but notice the security guards the Rita Hayworth man had spoken of. They seemed to be Lenny Riefenstahl men, he wrote, and he had been surprised that they were still there waiting. Milo, it's getting dark. I think people will be looking for her. I know, Fraulein. I just had to try. I'm sorry it didn't work. You should leave. Nine, I can't leave without you. You can. You have to. This place is going to go up and smoke eyes away. I don't care. I won't leave you. Mario? You said they will drop a bomb on this place tomorrow. Yes, Mrs. Riefenstahl. And if I let you go and you get caught, you'll exculpate me. Yes, Mrs. Riefenstahl. We'll say Milo beat you with iron shovel and kidnapped me. And I'll color pencil on your forehead for a fake bruise. That is very much a first draft of a plan, Mrs. Riefenstahl. Not set in stone. But, yes, no fault will come to you. Okay. Let me out! My grandmother wipes her eyes. She's been in the prone position for hours now and has grown a bit weary. But yes, to her disbelief, the Jew prisoner unlocks the door for his own prisoner and they shake hands. Come, darling. We'll have my driver take you to the bank of the Rhine. You'll leave now. She follows the trio all the way down the camp entrance, debating the unconscionable. They need prisoner Mencken for the musical tomorrow, for things to go according to plan. Hitler has been erratic, she thinks. And if word were to get out about the role of Pharaoh departing the day before, he might choose to act on that erraticism and not come at all. But it is too late. Before she can make a decision, the three are at Mrs. Riefenstahl's car with her driver and two of her men. Prisoner Milo Mankin and administrative assistant Ilse von Hammerstein grab each other's hands. This is it, Fräulein. To the mountaintop. Driver? Yes, Mrs. Riefenstahl? 
This is Milo Menken and Frau Ilse von Hammerstein. They just kidnapped me in a dank shed and beat me senseless. What? No! Please escort them back to the Heidelberg dungeon. And after serving their duties to the Reich tomorrow, please ensure that they are executed. No! No! No, Mrs. Riefenstahl, please, you can't do this! Please! But before the prisoner can finish, he is knocked out cold by one of the guards. Both he and the administrative assistant are picked up like rag dolls and taken back to the camp. As Mrs. Riefenstahl and her driver pull off the gravel lot and back toward the main road. But as they do, the truck immediately follows them, one with tap dancing shoes banging off the bumper. 